Hey everyone, it's Rich Bennett, host of Conversations with Rich Bennett, bringing you an exciting chance to win with our latest giveaway sponsored by Tar Heel Construction Group. Get ready to make a splash just by tuning into the podcast. Yes, you heard that right. While you're soaking up our latest episodes, listen closely for a special splash sound. When you hear it, remember the episode name. Here's what you do next. Shoot us an email at podcast at harfordcountyliving.com with the episode title. Each splash sound means a new chance to win. So the more you listen, the better your chances. If you don't have email, then just leave a voicemail from our website at conversationswithrichbennett.com. What's the prize? How about a brand new waterproof Bluetooth speaker? Perfect for listening to our episodes, whether you're in the bath, on the beach, in the pool or on the go. You have until the end of May to send in your entries and we'll announce the lucky winner on June 3rd. Don't miss out on this splashy opportunity brought to you by Tar Heel Construction Group. Dive into our episodes and win big. During this pandemic, a lot of us have been struggling, whether it be individuals or businesses or both. Waiting for the stimulus checks, waiting for the PPP, and it can get frustrating. So in this special episode of Harford County Living with Rich Bennett, I have somebody on here that is going to be talking about that and hopefully put you all at ease. Stay tuned. Welcome to Harford County Living with Rich Bennett. Each week, you'll hear roundtable discussions and interviews with people that have ties to Harford County, Maryland, and you'll learn something new that will leave you wanting more. Here is your host, professional DJ, entrepreneur, podcaster, an all-around nice guy, Rich Bennett. I'd like to welcome everybody to Harford County, living with Rich Bennett. Um, we have a special episode today. A lot of small business owners are struggling right now. And I contacted Freedom Federal Credit Union. I have Bob Whalen on the podcast with us. And we're going to talk about some things where, I guess you could say, what, relief for small business owners, Bob? Yes, Rich, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. Um, there are several different programs that are out there you know, through the SBA that are available now to a lot of small business owners. And I'd like to just take a few moments and kind of highlight some of those uh, programs that are available. And we can discuss that as we go through. So right. I'll, I'll let you through. Through. Please do. So, yeah. All right. The, the uh, first thing I want to really emphasize, uh, you know, if, if you are a small business owner and you have any kind of relationship with your financial institution, uh, please be proactive instead of reactive. Reach out to them. Mm-hmm. Every financial institution and, and commercial lender, commercial banker, business banker, we're here for you. We're, we're here to give you some advice. We're we're here to offer some other options for you, whether it's uh, an interest-only payment on your loan, whether it's deferring loans for a couple of months uh, in order to, to get through this crisis and see how things are going to be when things open back up. You know, there is always the talk about what's going to be normal. We don't know what that's going to be. Uh, obviously, then there's going to be a new normal. But um, you know, the thing I want to emphasize the most is 
please reach out to your lender. We're willing to listen. We're willing to create a custom-made solution just for you and for your business. I think that is so, so important. We're not here to judge. We're here to help. And that's uh, the, the, the bottom line. And then, and the nice part is from a regulatory standpoint, whatever the lender decides to do, whatever your financial institution decides to do, there's not going to be any regulatory repercussions, you know, to either the, you know, the bar or to, you know, to the financial institution. So that's a good thing. One of the big things that uh, we, we've heard about that's come out, at least through the SBA, is the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. I'm going to use an acronym, the EIDL. That is an opportunity for small businesses to get a loan directly from the SBA. Typically, that loan is uh, up to like $10,000 for any kind of you know economic injury. And it's again, it's applied through directly to the SBA. And typically, the turnaround time on that is you know, about a week or so. They're pretty good. There's still plenty of funds available. That's not bad. A week's pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was kind of slow at first, but uh, lately that turnaround time, you know, a lot of the folks, you know, again, that money still is available. That a lot of small businesses uh, had heard when the when they called it round one, kind of folded up at towards the um, you know the end of April and then re- reopened back up. You know, there is still money uh, you know available you know, through that government program, and again that that particular loan can be applied directly through to the SBA and it's at www.sba.gov. And there'll be some information about the COVID-19 relief programs that are available. The biggest one in the hot topic, I would say that's in front of everybody right now is the PPP or the paycheck protection program. This particular program, again, is SBA backed. And the whole spirit of this program is designed that for small businesses to be able to keep their employees employed, whether they're working or not at, at, at this stage really obviously depends on the business. But the idea behind this and the spirit behind this program is to allow employers to keep their employees on the payroll. Uh, it's a, a loan is, again, it's offered by the SBA. Here's the nice part. The interest rate on that is 1% for the life of the loan. You don't have to make a payment for six months. Um, there's no collateral required and there's no uh, personal guarantee, you know, but the government is going to ask, you know, that if you are a primary owner, you have a, a 20% more uh, stake in, of ownership in that company or that business entity that you do need to provide that information. Right. Now, the, the, the loan, again, I said there's no fees. There's, there's no, you know, the, the government has waived all any kind of cost fees that are you know, typically associated with an SBA loan. Uh, again, you uh, you apply for that directly through your lender. There is a, a two-year maturity on that loan from the date of funding. Typically, right now, that turnaround time, uh, at least uh, if you're coming through Freedom Federal, it's you know uh, within 24, 24 hours. You know, it's it's right. pretty quick turnaround time. Um, again, I'm not here to talk about what Freedom can do. It's more of what what. Uh, business banking and business lenders and the financial community uh, in that business sphere can can do for small businesses. Um, Again, that paycheck protection program, it's based on your payroll. And how how do you determine, you know, what what are some of the factors that that are involved in that? And who can apply? Well, your business has to have been in operation 
one February 15th, 2020. You've had to have employees, you know, that you pay salaries and payroll taxes to. Now, independent contractors can apply. You know, basically the documentation for that is a a 1099. And then, yes, and then any business is eligible. And that includes nonprofit organizations, veteran organizations, any kind of tribal business concerns, sole proprietors, self-employed individuals, and any independent contractor. They are eligible to apply for this particular loan. Uh, what's the maximum loan size? Well, that loan size can really be up to $2 million. However, the cap on that or, or how that uh, maximum loan is determined for your business is based on uh, your average monthly payroll cost. It's basically designed to give you payroll for two months. However, the loan amount is actually calculated and based on two and a half times of your average payroll cost. Hmm. Now, well, now, one of the things, Rich, that we uh, that uh, are, it is capped. If you, you're paying an individual, you know, a salary or a wage or commission, right. it is capped at a hundred thousand dollars on an annualized basis for each employee. Okay. Um, what else counts as payroll costs? Which is a question we always get. Well, besides the salary, wages, your commissions, tips, or whatever that you may be paying to your employees, any employee benefits that you uh, might pay that includes vacation, any kind of parental family or medical leave, sick leave, um, if you allowed them um, a separation or dismissal payment, yeah, th- those those uh, costs are also factored in. Payments required for uh, any kind of health care benefits and stuff, including insurance uh, premiums, they're also considered a payroll cost, along with any kind of payment of any kind of retirement benefit. Right. And the other th- factors uh, we, we can, depending on the payroll, um, you know, the forms that we look at, uh, state and local taxes are also uh, available to be assessed as part of a, a, a regular payroll cost as well. And again, uh, a lot of people, the self-employed, the, you know, the small mom, pa folks, we're going to look at one of the things we look at and determine that average payroll cost. We're going to look at your Schedule C, looking at your net income, as that's the number mm-hmm. that the SBA is allowing us to use. And again, we take that, divide that by 12 and then that gives us an average monthly payroll cost. And then what we do, and then we multiply that number by 2.5, and that gives us the maximum loan amount. Um, one of the factors the SBA uh, has asked us for, we want to look at this payroll for, in, in 2019, or we can use a calendar year. And I've seen some businesses calculate with the use of you know, from their accountants uh, a, a calendar year, or I'm sorry, a fiscal year that would run from like, let's say, April 1, 2019 through March 31, uh, 2020. So again, especially if you're a seasonal business, you can elect to use that average over a a particular time period. And again, it always excludes uh, the cost for anybody on $100,000 on an annualized basis. And then if you are a new business, let's say you just started up, we will look at the average monthly payroll from January 1, 2020 through the end of February 2020. And then again, obviously, we exclude those costs. I keep going back to that over $100,000, but that is a, a rule. So they do cap that at that. But right. again, it's two and a half times that that you know that payroll cost. And again, I, you know, the next question always comes up. Okay, now that I get the money, what can I do with it? Well, here's what here's what the SBA rules and the guidelines are. Again, these are not finalized yet. However, you know uh, we are pretty confident that you know this this is going to stay in place. Seventy five percent 
of that money that you take must be used for payroll. And that includes all the benefits that we discussed, the retirement, the, 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 the family medical leave, the health insurance. Again, that's a, a, a bona fide payroll cost. 75% of the use of those funds must be used towards payroll. Other things that we can, uh, you can use that money for. If you have a mortgage on a building that you're using for your business or you're paying rent, um, or, you know, a rent obligation, as long right. as that is incurred on or before February 15th, 2020, and you still need to, that's an ongoing payment, that money can be used up, you know, you know for, for repayment of that. Uh, the other things that, you know, uh, utilities, if you, and, and I was on a webinar earlier today for clarification, uh, utilities means your, you know, electricity, your water. If you have your employees uh, with cell phones or internet service, those things can also be factored in under that utility use. Okay. And then the, and one other thing that uh, was, uh, that came out of that was we talk about lease agreements. Again, these lease agreements had to be enforced before February 15th, 2020. If your business leases a piece of equipment and that's essential for that business to operate, that lease, part of that lease, uh, agreement, uh, those funds can be used to maintain that, you know, and keep those oh, lease wow. agreements current. Again, the stipulation is as long as not more than 25% of those funds that are dispersed through the PPP, they can be used for, you know, th those things. 75%, right. I keep going back to that, but that's a key, key factor in this loan program is that 75% must be used for payroll. The reason we say that there is a forgiveness clause in this loan. What does that mean? Well, if you follow the guidelines where you're using 75% of this, the, these funds for payroll costs to keep your guys mm -hmm. on your employees on the payroll, and you don't use more than 25 for the non-payroll costs, which we outlined, this loan will be forgiven by the SBA. Means they're going to wipe that whole balance out for you. Uh, wow! As long as you adhere to the guidelines. Now again, I always like to say there's always that you know what's what's the what's the thing behind you? Know, what's the catch? Yeah, what's yeah. the catch? Yeah, uh, um, the the catch is the documentation is on is the responsibility of the business owner. They need to show in uh, from the time from the day they get the loan over the following eight week period that they are using that money for the payroll for the, for the and there's what they and which what they makes do. sense. Yes, yeah. so. And there is a, 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 a the bad news in this whole thing, Rich, is that right now, as of uh, the day we're doing this podcast, which is May the twelfth at three twelve in the afternoon, those forgiveness guidelines have yet to be finalized by the SBA. So there is some language in their notes, you know, that do, right. do say, "Hey, it is subject to it could possibly be subject to change." But the general guidelines, as far as what is allowed to be forgiven, you know, are you know, pretty, pretty standard. Again, they go back to that 75, 25. Mm -hmm. And again, the whole spirit of the program, what is it designed to? It's the paycheck protection program. What does that mean? That means we're trying to keep small businesses to allow them to keep their employees employed and, and keep them paid through this time. Cause we don't know when this uh, it's going to end. Shutdown is going to end. Yeah. We're all in this. Uh, you know, as we say, the cliche, we're all in this together and um, we'll get through know, it together. And, Yes, so that is basically the um, the highlights of that program. Oh, and there was one other thing. Yeah, I think I do need to point out that you know businesses have until 
June 30th to if anyone was maybe temporarily laid off or, you know, um, maybe you cut their hours. You have until that period of time to restore that person, you know, um, you know, to, to full time. If you made that change, you know, after February right. 15th. And, and, you know, and up through subsequent, you know, to the to that period of time. Again, the final guidelines, I have to reiterate this, the final guidelines for forgiveness have yet to be released and then they are subject to change. But I do believe the general, you know, the, the 7525 rule was uh, I don't think there's any change in that. It's just a matter of, right. you know, how, how, you know, time periods and stuff the, for the documentation. Now. Do you think it's a great idea for somebody for a business that really isn't struggling to go ahead and apply for this anyway? That's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and I'm going to give the standard disclaimer uh, of any kind of good banker. I would suggest contacting their accountant or financial advisor on that. That was uh, because a great this, answer. <laughs> how, because I will tell you, I uh, and and talking with our, some of our business members, there have been opportunities where it was extremely beneficial mm-hmm. and there have been some where it hasn't been beneficial. And in fact, we even had one, uh, one of the PPP loans that were approved and ready to fund. And at the, at the end of the day, by through the advice of their accountant, they opted out of doing that because they were concerned about the forgiveness piece. Right. And, and the and they were at a point where they were ready to retire and didn't want to have any more debt and the, and the and the 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 thought of that looming debt debt potentially looming over them uh, was not a it wasn't a good fit for them. Right. However, I've had some businesses that were thriving, you know, in this you know environment. And they went ahead and took the loan because, hey, they, they were able to – they had work and they were able to keep their guys uh, yeah. out on the on the road. And it was a really good uh, option for them. And, you know, and, in fact, uh, you know, I think, you know, going down the road, it's actually going to help their company be uh, stronger. So, That's again, I'm going to go back to – to answer your question, you really need to talk to your account. The, the business owner needs to talk to their account or financial advisor to really determine what's best for them. And unfortunately, the lenders, and, and not only just me, but I would say any other you know lender at a financial institution is going to be giving that same advice. You know that right. um, yeah, we're, we're we're not financial advisors uh, in, in that as, in that aspect from an accounting standpoint because we're only looking at a very small piece of what that business does with this particular loan and loan application. Yeah. Are there any uh, stipulations for the PPP loan when it comes to, I guess, specific lenders or anything like that? Rich, each lender is different. Uh, Example, at Freedom, we're only accepting uh, applications and processing applications from those business members who had a relationship that was established on or before February 15th. 2020. However, there are some lenders out there that may accept them uh, an application if you do not have a business relationship mm-hmm. with them. My suggestion would be always start where your primary financial with your primary financial institution where you have that primary business deposit relationship. That's the institution it should be and will more than likely be most willing to help you out. That makes sense. One other thing, and I think to hear from you since you work at freedom, this will put a lot of people's minds at ease. 
Uh, yeah, because I see it on social media. Oh, I've contacted the bank. I, 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 it's taken them forever to get get back to me. Let people understand that there are a ton of people calling you. Correct. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> we, but you are going to get back to them. <laughs> yes, we have. Uh, we still. Uh, and I try to keep it with my uh, our staff. If someone calls. Uh, we want to get back to them within 24 yeah. hours. And, and it, depending on the time of day, we want to try to get back to them that same day. Right. Um, now, wh- whether that is, you know, through email, whether that is via phone call, we're going to reach out and, and try to answer those questions and, and get back in touch with those folks to the, the best of our ability. And again, we, there's also information that's available, you know, on, at least I know on our website, and I'm mm-hmm. sure the other financial t- institutions as well, you know, ha- have some of this information available if someone wants to read, you know, read about that. And then anyone can go to the SBA website as well, and there's information as, you know, on these programs as well. Okay, perfect. Yeah, because I, I just wanted to make sure people re- know that you would be getting back to them because for some reason, I don't know, people think if they call that they should get an answer right away. We're all, and like you said, we're, we're all in this together. Everybody's feeling it and it may, it's going to take some time, but we will get through it. So, yes, I, I, I'm always been one to look at a a glass half full rather than half empty. And I Mm -hmm. think there's going to be some good things that come out of this. We may not know them right now, but at the end of the day, I do believe that. there is going to be some good that comes out of this. I'm with you hundred percent there. I think this is a way for especially business owners to learn something new to, I guarantee you that, that now a lot of business owners are looking at having more people work, work remotely because it's cutting down mm. on their overhead. Absolutely. And I think the other thing that some of the good that I've already seen come out of it, um, I've seen a lot of small businesses that have been able to kind of reinvent themselves yes. where they've, they've uh, said, hey, this is what my original business plan was, but now I need to make the, make a change. And that change actually has been beneficial for them. Yeah. You know, and it's great to see, you know, I give credit to any small business owner who just goes out on their own and says, you know what, I'm going to take that leap. I'm going to take that leap of faith. Mm-hmm. And I have faith in me and my ability to to run and operate a small business or a business. And you know, there are, we hear them all the time, all the success stories. And I think it's great. And, you know, I admire the small business entrepreneur who is willing to take that chance. I'll be honest with you, it's not something I could do. But, uh, but hey, I, I give kudos to those guys and, and, and ladies that uh, do that. And I think it's fantastic. And again, when I see you know, a, a small business, uh, you know, turn around and, and change their business model and, and, and they, and they become successful. That's a, that's a great success yeah. story. And especially a lot of these businesses are taking the time to give back to the community in which they serve. I think it's fantastic. Yes, they are. Yes, they are, which is great. And I want to actually thank you guys for that too, Freedom Federal, because, you guys are still out there staying strong and doing a lot for the community. And that's fantastic. I, I love yep. it. So, and Rich, one of the things I really want to emphasize, you know, that, that credit union philosophy about giving back to the community uh, of which we serve, we at Freedom have a wonderful community outreach program. And what that involves is our employees willing to take the time, uh, the effort to 
basically give back to communities. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean it's a financial give back, but giving back of their time and talents. Things like um, we're looking at writing some letters to residents of a nursing home who can't get out and can't see people right now. Maybe it's a way we can connect to them. Uh, Our marketing department has gotten involved with some of the you know, helping out with food programs and food deliveries and stuff. And we've been involved in that. And that's something we're going to continue to do regardless of what's going on. If there's a way that we can give back and, and and give up, you know, to the community, which we serve, we're going to be more than willing and able to do so. That is great. Uh, And thank you so much for that. And and I'm sure the people in the community, thank you for that as well. I want to thank Bob and Freedom Federal Credit Union for coming on and talking about that. And I hope that everybody was able to get something out of that. And like Bob said, contact your local banking institution if you have any questions. Or you can contact Freedom Federal Credit Union at 1-800-440-4120. Again, that's 1-800-440-4120. Or visit them at freedomfcu.org. Again, that is freedomfcu.org. And remember, we're all going to get through this together.